So this morning we're actually in between sermon series. Uh, we just wrapped up our series in Colossians, and next week we will begin a series in the book of Judges. So this morning we have a sermon from Psalm 23. Uh, please, it's, you can be found on page 458 in your pew Bible. So please turn with me to Psalm 23. That's a hymnal. All right. Hear now the word of the Lord. A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so, as I was studying for Psalm 23 this morning... It came to mind how one of the best feelings you can have is having someone care for you. It's something we all crave, to be loved, to be cared for. And it's especially great when the person who cares for you has the ability to help you. Like if your boss or your manager at work genuinely cares for you, so then you know they're not out to get you, that they'll help you if you're having trouble or you make a mistake. And even more special is the way parents care for their children. My wife Pam and I have six children, and it's amazing the level of love, care, and sacrifice parents give to their children. Knowing their needs, understanding everything about them, providing for them everything they can, keeping them safe from harm, protecting them even from themselves. And so what we'll see from Psalm 23 this morning is really the most remarkable care situation of all. That is, God cares for his people. The God and creator of the universe, the God of infinite love, faithfulness, and goodness, doesn't just care about you. God bless you. He cares for you because he loves you. And knowing that God cares for you can comfort you in any situation. There's no situation that God is not sovereign over, and he cares for you. God, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite love, the God who is always good and always faithful, cares for you. And so we'll see three ways this morning of how God cares for his people. First, God cares for us by providing for us. Second, God cares for us by always being with us. And third, God cares for us by bringing us into his house for eternity. In Psalm 23, the psalmist, who we see from the heading is David, gives us two metaphors that reveal God's care for him. First, he begins, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, there's a lot to unpack just from this statement. The Lord refers to God. Specifically, it's the English translation of the personal name of God, 
Yahweh. It's the name God gave to Moses right before he delivered his people from Egypt. It's God's covenant name he gave to his people. It's repeated more than 4,000 times throughout the Old Testament. Yahweh literally means I am who I am. And God's name, Yahweh, reminds us that he is the self-existing eternal God. That he is the God who is the all-powerful creator of everything. He's self-sufficient and unchanging. And we talk about God so often in the church that sometimes we lose sight of the magnitude of who he is. But his name, Yahweh, is a reminder of this. And so David writes that Yahweh, the great I am, the Lord, is his shepherd. Now there are many figures in the Old Testament who are shepherds, starting with Abel, then Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and then even David himself. So David declaring, the Lord is my shepherd, he knows what this means on a personal level. But this theme of Yahweh as the shepherd of Israel seen throughout the Old Testament. The Lord, Yahweh, is the leader of Israel. His presence, protection, provision, and guidance of his people is the type of leadership we see a shepherd has for his flock. But this image is usually in reference to the collective flock. The Lord is the shepherd of Israel, his chosen people. Yahweh is the shepherd, his people are the flock. But Psalm 23 is one of the few places where we actually see Yahweh portrayed as the shepherd of the individual as well. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. God is present with his people. He protects and he leads his people both collectively and each as an individual. God cares for his people collectively and on the individual level. And so that means God cares for you. God cares for you like a shepherd cares for his sheep. And so David's saying, the Lord, because the Lord is his shepherd, therefore I shall not want. That means he won't lack anything. David's declaring that submitting to the Lord as one of his sheep is trusting that God will provide everything he needs. He writes in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. First, we know that the provision there is from God. This is not David's own doing. It's not our own doing. David says, He, or the Lord, makes me lie down. The Lord leads me. There's a pastor named Philip Keller who spent eight years as a shepherd. And he wrote a book titled, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. In it, he notes that it's not easy to get sheep to lie down. He says, it is almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free of all fears. Because of the social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from friction with other con- others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding their food. They must be free from hunger. So in order to be made to lie down, the sheep must be free of fear. They must know that the shepherd will protect them. They must be free from conflict with other sheep. The shepherd must provide peace. They must be free from pests such as flies and parasites. The shepherd must allow them to relax. 
They must be free from hunger, so the shepherd must provide food. And so as we submit to the Lord as our shepherd, he provides for our physical needs. It's in the Lord that we find protection, peace, relaxation, food. It's in the Lord that we find everything we need. And this is our first point for this morning, that God cares for us by providing for us. And he provides for our physical needs. So when David says he shall not want, we see he is content in having the Lord as his shepherd. He has a contentment of heart knowing that he'll have everything he needs and he won't want anything more. David proclaims that it's the Lord who provides for his needs. It's the Lord who makes him lie down, meaning it's in the Lord that he finds rest. The the phrase, he leads me beside still waters, is literally translated as, he leads me beside waters of resting places. The same term is used for what the Lord seeks for his people. The root of the verb to rest is what it says the Lord God took Adam and made him to rest in the garden. The resting place is the same term used for the inheritance the Lord gave to his people, the promised land. David here is referring to the covenant promises of his covenant God. Those who are shepherded by the Lord are cared for by the God who always keeps his promises. When you submit to God as your shepherd, he's the God of steadfast love and faithfulness. If you are one of God's people, then you can know that God will provide for you. David claims he shall not want because he knows the Lord will provide everything he needs. His desire is the Lord. He doesn't want anything more than what the Lord provides. Jesus himself taught of trusting in God to provide for all of our needs. In Matthew 6 on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Therefore I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He goes on to illustrate how God provides food for the birds and how beautiful he makes the flowers. And so how much more will he provide clothing and food for his people? We can trust that God will provide for all of our physical needs. And in doing so, in trusting in God, This results in a heart that is satisfied with God's provision. But this can be easier said than done. The culture around us tells us to always want more. A nicer car, a bigger house, designer clothes, a new smartphone. We often seek the comfort and safety that we think a bigger bank account will provide. But trusting in God as your shepherd means that You're trusting that he knows best and you're being content with whatever he provides you and allowing him to lead you to rest. So considering the rest that God provides, there's first the future resting place for his people where we will be in the new heavens and new earth with him for eternity. But we also have rest now. Trusting in the Lord as your shepherd lightens the load of trying to be good enough. It's amazing the relief we can feel when we no longer seek the approval of others or need to impress other people. We can have rest now because God changes our hearts to live for him. And we can seek his kingdom instead of trying to build our own. We can have relief from the guilt of not being good enough. And we can find our identity in Christ instead of our identity in wealth or status in the world. David continues this metaphor, the Lord is his shepherd. 
in verse 3 he writes, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David not only knows that God will provide for his physical needs, but also his spiritual needs. God provides for his spiritual needs by restoring his soul. And so God cares for his people by providing for both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. In Psalm 19, David wrote that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That is the word of God. The word of God is where he revealed himself. He gave us his word so that we can pursue him through it. And this is something we see throughout the Psalms. Those who seek the Lord will meditate on his word day and night. And this restores our soul. When we seek self-sufficiency, when we go it alone in the world, we ultimately end up spiritually empty. But God restores and revives our soul, and one way he does this is through his word. Another way is prayer. This psalm itself is a great prayer of praise from David, praising the Lord as his shepherd, and this restores him. Then David also says the Lord leads him in paths of righteousness. And this literally means straight paths as opposed to crooked paths. When we seek the Lord through word and prayer, when we acknowledge him as our shepherd, we'll follow his way. He he will then lead us on the right path, the right way. When the Lord is our shepherd, it is his path we are on. And he does all of this for his name's sake. God cares for you like a shepherd cares for his sheep. He provides for your physical needs. He protects you. He provides the food you need. He gives you rest. He provides for your spiritual needs. He renews your spirit. He leads you on the right path, all for his name's sake. The psalm begins with the covenant name of God, Yahweh. I am who I am. And all God does glorifies his name. God is glorified as his role as shepherd over us. God is glorified in our renewal, in our following his path. God is glorified in everything. He does. But this metaphor of God as the shepherd of his people is not only seen in the Old Testament. As we read in our responsive reading in John 10, Jesus proclaimed, I am the door of the sheep. Then he says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. So to be a Christian is to submit to Jesus Christ as your shepherd, to not rely on yourself, to not... Rely on your own self-sufficiency in this world. But to know Jesus, the good shepherd, as your Lord, is to be saved by him. And Jesus provides for us in an ultimate sense. The whole shepherd analogy is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus makes us find rest, because true rest is only found in him. As Jesus invites all of us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is the bread of life. He provides living water so that we will never thirst again. Jesus restores our souls. He said that he came that a sheep may have life and have it abundantly. We were all spiritually dead in our sin. 
but Jesus brings us to spiritual life. And so God does care for you. He provides for your physical needs, your spiritual needs. But this doesn't mean life will always be easy. As sinners living in a broken world, there will always be things that go wrong. We'll always have pain, illness, tragedy, difficulty, and sin to deal with. Having God as your shepherd doesn't mean life will be perfect. David refers to this. In verse 4, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the conclusion is, I will fear no evil. You, For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David himself lived a life full of danger, with the possibility of death constantly at his door. Saul hunted him and sought to kill him for years. Enemy armies were always a threat to his life. And David is now saying that even though all of this is happening, even though he walks through the valley of the shadow of death, he says he will fear no evil. Now it's important to notice David switches from speaking about the things God does as his shepherd, where the Lord is the subject. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Then in verse 4, David's now speaking about his own experience. Because David knows that God cares for him, therefore, even though he faces difficulty and death constantly, he says, I fear no evil because you are with me. He's now speaking to the Lord. You, the Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The God who always cares for his sheep is always with them. It's the presence of the God who cares for him that comforts David even when he faces death. And this is our second point for this morning. God cares for us by always being with us. Now, even though life is difficult, the God who cares for you is with you through these trials of life. Although sometimes we don't feel his presence, especially when we see horrific tragedies like the heart-wrenching school shooting in Texas this week. It can cause us to wonder, where is God in these moments? But God didn't promise a life free of pain or a life free of suffering and tragedy. And David knows this in his own life. He doesn't proclaim that God will make him happy all the time or protect him against all suffering. He says that through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with him. The promise is that God is working out his redemptive purposes through a broken world. Through a broken world that is full of human beings with pervasive wickedness in their hearts. And the level of sin and wickedness in the human heart is often staggering. But God loves his people. God loves us and he redeems us from this wickedness. He doesn't promise us an easy life free from suffering or tragedy but he promises to redeem us from our sins and from our wickedness. He promises to redeem us through the evil, suffering, and tragedy of this broken world, and he promises to be with us. So God cares for you as a shepherd cares for his sheep. And we know that just as God was the shepherd with Israel throughout the Old Testament, in Jesus Christ, God is with us now. Jesus is Emmanuel which is God with us. He is with his people to the end of the age. God in Jesus is our good shepherd. And Jesus himself knows about suffering and tragedy. Because the Christian God isn't a distant God that doesn't understand human suffering. 
Rather, the eternal Son of God took on flesh. He took on the human condition. He had hunger. He had pain. He had times of joy. He shed his own tears for the loss of his friend Lazarus. He even experienced a suffering human death himself. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. And so David then switches from the shepherd analogy to another in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Here, the image is now of the Lord as a host for his friend. The image is even more intimate than that of a shepherd. We see that the Lord prepares a table in the presence of David's enemies. In ancient times, the hospitality of a host meant that once a traveler was received into the shepherd's tent, especially once the host had served him food, he was then guaranteed protection from any enemies who would attack him. We see this in the story of Lot back in Genesis 19. Lot was hosting two angels, and then when the citizens of Sodom wanted to harm them, Lot said, do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. So as a good host and a good friend, the Lord not only provides for us, but he protects us. He protects his guests at all costs from our enemies, even at the cost of his own son. We see that the Lord also respects his friends. David says of God, you anoint my head with oil. It was a customary sign of respect for the host to anoint his guests with oil. And he also says, my cup overflows, which gives us the image of a cup overflowing with wine. And it points us to an extravagant provision. And so this imagery of oil and wine in the Bible speaks of joy and prosperity. Uh, growing olives and grapes took a lot of time. And also oil and wine were highly sought after in the dry, barren region of the Near East. And so a hospitable host and a good friend would provide oil and wine for a traveler. And those of us who allow the Lord to lead us like a shepherd and follow him wherever he leads, we find a table prepared. Jesus invites all who believe in him to come to the Lord's table. Right? At the Lord's shepherd, Jesus is our friend and our shepherd. In the Lord's supper, we come to the table of Jesus. We commune with him. He is present at the table. At the Lord's supper, when we commune with Christ, we experience again the fruit of our union with him. When we're tired, doubting, fearful, guilt-ridden, frustrated, proud, anxious, we come to the bread and wine of Jesus Christ. We receive them as a sign of our union with him and as the means of our communion with him. In this way, he nourishes our souls. Then in verse 6, David concludes this psalm. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there's a shift here in the, act, the placement of the activity of God. It begins with God leading David. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. And just like David, God leads us if we will follow. Then it changes to God being with him. God is personally with David, and he is personally with all of his people. And now David says the goodness and mercy of God are pursuing so God is pursuing David, and because of this, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And this is our third point for this morning. God cares for us by bringing us into his house for eternity. The typical stay of a guest in the ancient Near East culture was a maximum of three days. After that, you had overstayed your welcome. It was time to go. But we see that the Lord, as a host, invites his people into the house forever. David knows that he'll have fellowship with the Lord forever. Even in difficult times, even in the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with him. He always has God leading him, with him, and pursuing him. God cares for his people, and he brings us into fellowship with him forever. God will be with his people for eternity. That means we'll be with all of him. All of his attributes, his goodness, his mercy, and his love, they'll always be with us. Now, often people seem to think that they deserve God's care, right? That God cares for them because of how good they are. That God will be with them because of something they've done to earn his presence. But this isn't what God tells us in his word. Because of sin, we're alienated from God. Because of sin, we're in rebellion against God. Sin separates us from God, so we all begin as a shepherd or sheep without a shepherd. We can't become a part of God's flock with our sin. We, we can't enter into the house of God with sin on our souls. The holiness and righteousness of God demands that sin be punished. We can never bridge this gap on our own. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into the presence of God and join his flock. There's no way for us to gain favor of God and to enter his house on our own. But by the grace of God, Jesus, the good shepherd, lived the perfectly righteous life we could never live. And he laid down his life, taking the punishment of our sins, so that we may be seen with his righteousness before God. That through faith in Jesus, we may become a part of God's people. We are reconciled to God only by his grace. So it's by no merit of our own, we become one of God's sheep. Through faith in Jesus Christ, sinners like us can come into the presence of God and we can dwell in his house forever. If you don't have a uh, relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, then you're separated from God in your sin. You don't have God as your shepherd. Rejecting Jesus means rejecting the loving, caring God as your shepherd. Sin makes us want to lead our own path rather than following in the path of God. But if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, then you've been reconciled to God through his sacrificial death. And you can know that he cares for you. Whatever difficulties you may be facing in life, you can know that God is with you. If you come to know God as your shepherd through faith in Jesus Christ, then God never leaves you. He is leading you. He is with you. His goodness and his mercy are pursuing you. And you'll be with him in all his glory for all of eternity. So if you have not come, to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let today be the day. If you have not come to know the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, then you're still a sheep without a shepherd. The prophet Isaiah wrote that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. But God sent his only son to die for sinners. Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice in your place. Through faith in him, you are brought into his flock. Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life so that sinners can be made right with God. You don't have to go it alone in this life. Those who are the sheep of Jesus, find rest in him. Jesus is the good shepherd who cares for you. He is the shepherd who is always with you. 
If you give your life to him, he gives you eternal life so that you can be with him in all his glory for eternity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today knowing that you are sovereign, knowing that you are all-powerful, all-wise, and good. We express our love for you. We express our trust in you. We admit our inadequacy and our need of you. We need you as our shepherd. We'll follow you wherever you lead. You lead us, your flock, in love and compassion. You, Lord, are the one who restores our souls. And we praise your name and glorify you. We know that we only come before you. You only invite us to your table and bring us salvation in the name of Jesus Christ through, the, through his sacrificial death. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.